0: Welcome back. We have special guest Mikey today. Hello. So, I didn't give you any briefcase to this question at all. Right?
1: As it happens. Yep, but it does.
0: The question I have for you is say many years from now,
1: hmm.
0: we'll say you die at like 96.
1: Not gonna happen.
0: You're right. We'll say you die at like 26. No, I was kidding. <laughs>
1: but, um, so let's go for like a sweet 65.
0: 65, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sixty five. It's my dad <laughs> next year. Um Oh my gosh What do you want people to say at your funeral? What do you want to be remembered by? Actually first we'll we get into something easier. What do you want your funeral to be like?
1: That's actually a great question because I went to a funeral uh for a friend of mine at the beginning of twenty nineteen. Okay. Um, like third day of the year. Uh he got in a car accident and died. So I went to a funeral and I remember writing a poem about it because it was so upsetting to be there. Um, it was like such a like a classic, I don't know, like flowers everywhere, people crying all over the place. But he was like a drug dealer and all of his friends were drug dealers and they were all smoking weed on the sidewalk outside the funeral, talking about the party they were gonna have after. And it was just so strange.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Long story short, I don't want a traditional funeral. Or one at all. Um, I have a specific plan for when I die. Okay. Yeah, so it entails me telling my loved ones, friends, family, spouse, um, you know, this is my time. This is the time I've chosen. And then departing to the woods. And then, so theoretically at this point in my life, I will be well-versed in types of mushrooms and I will go to the woods consume a mushroom that will immediately kill me and then I will lay down on the forest floor and become part of the forest
0: consume a mushroom that will kill you Yeah. where are you living <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i'm going to travel i'm going to fuck oh, up. Like, okay. yeah i'm okay. not going to yeah
0: i think it's like in your backyard you're no like, i mean i'm sure they fun. i'm
1: sure there's a mushroom that that'll give you like serious issues in 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 the general backyard.
0: I understand. But see, yeah. I'm just deathly allergic to mushrooms. Mm. So it'd just be like the Walmart brand mushrooms who that be Yeah, like you just mean? eat
1: like the, the classic mushroom and that would be it.
0: That'd be it. So well, Okay. But so you, so you don't want a funeral at all then?
1: No, I don't. I feel like funerals often tend to I feel like the goal of a funeral is to be like this is a person that, that lived and we're celebrating their life. Mm. But often it ends up being like Oh, this person died, and I loved them, and that really sucks for me. Mm -hmm. And that's cool, but if I did have a funeral, I'd want it to not be sad and in a funeral home. I'd want it to be, like, a general good time, Mm -hmm. a celebration. I am not the type of person that requires... I'm sure people are going to be sad, you know, I will be missed, whatever, but I feel like I'm not the type of person that requires people sobbing together in a room while a video plays of my life moments. mm Yeah.
0: I think that is more and more now where, like, people, instead of saying to grieve the passing or whatever, they say to celebrate the life. Mm. But even then, when they do that, it's like, where's that? And like The mortuary. Like, it's still, yeah, like, a exactly. uh, sad environment.
1: Exactly. And I feel like, well, death is such a natural part of life. It's just as natural as birth is, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like there should be no fear surrounding death or, like, dead bodies or just death in general. There's so much, like... People are, you know, the the topic of death comes up. My girlfriend doesn't like to talk about death. Mm-hmm. The topic of death comes up and people are like, whoa, that's, I don't want to talk about that because it's, you know, it's for a lot of people, it's really heavy and it's really scary. And I don't think it is scary. I feel like it's kind of just as you kind of suddenly came into the world and you were a consciousness, you don't have one anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the natural process of a living thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So, this is interesting. So, the question, okay. So, you don't want any words spoken at all. What, so, here's the thing, though. (laughs) There will be, I'm sure, a conversation between people about the fact that you're, like, gone.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure there will be, yeah.
0: What What do you want to, what do you want to be remembered by, I guess, is a better way of thinking of it, if you don't want a funeral?
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like my hope would be that people would I don't know. I really want my my artwork to be celebrated. I have this mildly egotistical fantasy where <laughs> I die. And my art—it's like a Vincent Van Gogh type of thing. Right. I die, and people are like, "Wow, this is this is great shit." And
0: why is that mildly egotistical?
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like well, artists have huge egos, even though they also have like really debilitating, um, I can't even think of the word.
0: Yeah, well, I understand what you're saying, but it was funny because you threw out Vincent Van Gogh who was not egotistical. He actually like...
1: No, he hated himself. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Most artists do. They hate themselves, but they're also, there's also this kind of thing in the back of their minds where they're like, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm creating something that's like all my own. Mm -hmm. And there's something super special about that and something that like I personally really want people to take notice of. I'm currently working on figuring out how to sell my artwork, but I don't actually know how. So that's a struggle, but yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So when you're remembered by, how, how would you describe that? Is that achievements? Is that
1: <laughs> Not achievements, expression. Expression, because expression, okay. I also, I feel like in the realm of my artwork, I feel like the things that I write mm-hmm. are part of that, and... Um, a lot of the times I write things And then I read them over again And I'm like holy shit Like I wrote that 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 came from my brain Right And I don't know I just I want people to notice it And at the same time I also couldn't care less If nobody noticed it It's more of just like a I don't know Maybe I feel like often I might come across To people as someone who doesn't if you like, just meet me, generally speaking, and you mm-hmm. don't really like get to know my brain, I might come across to people as someone who's generally, I don't know, I don't really care about a lot of things. I'm yeah. not super, I'm not vocal about the things that I think about. So, I don't know, I feel like it would be interesting for people to see the, the things that I do think about.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, that's... That's interesting. So here, here's a, t- here's a tougher question that I was right. going to ask. <laughs> what do you think you will be remembered by? So this is what mm-hmm. I mean by this is if you were to die like today. Today. What do you think you'd be remembered by? By the way, this question, if you're like, oh, this is a tough question. In one of my freshman year lectures, this was the icebreaker that they like gave us.
1: That's, what was the class?
0: <laughs> it was a, a like, well, it's a class called UF. So it's like. The ideas of humanity, basically. Alright. Like sort of sociology, sort of philosophy.
1: I'd be interested in taking that class.
0: My specific emphasis in the class, like the class that I took, the emphasis was who are you?
1: I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. yeah. So
0: that was the bigger. So if you were to die today, what do you think people would say?
1: Um I feel like a lot of people, specifically the people that were close to me, would say a lot about my personality. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like I tend to, I've always been, even when I was a kid, I've been described as pretty feisty, um, (laughs) (laughs) like generally full of spunk. And I feel like the, the older I've gotten, the more I've felt like I've had to hide that.
0: That's interesting. I was going to say feisty is like the last word I would use to describe you. Yeah. So that, that is interesting.
1: Yeah. People would describe me as like a firecracker when I was a kid.
0: Were you getting like angry at people? No, or, I or... I
1: I was just like bursting with personality, and then like somewhere when I was like eight years old, I got really really sad, Okay. and then it just like has progressed from there. So and it's you... like dimmed my my personality a little bit.
0: So you were more extroverted when you were younger, than like you were talking more to people.
1: I was. I've you know I see a trauma therapist mm-hmm. uh, weekly, and I've talked a lot with her about how. I wasn't like acknowledged as a child or like given attention or being told that I was loved or because I have five well four siblings Mm. Um, and my parents were young and it was kind of like a spreading out the attention type of thing and I come from a very religious and also culturally Dutch community and there's not a lot of love being given to kids there's a lot of discipline but Mm. not a lot of love and that's something that I really craved as a kid. And I think that's where I started to be like, you know what? Um, expressing myself in, a, in its true form is not something that's going to get me anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think that I'm unlearning also. Because I don't want to be you know, a, a lesser form than what I feel like on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's one of my biggest fears also, is losing the inner child.
0: Interesting. One of the biggest fears. So <laughs> we I just had you take an enneagram test the other day. Yeah, yeah. Was that one of the fears of your personality type? Losing I actually don't self?
1: remember. I don't remember
0: losing inner self. So, so you said okay. That's interesting. So in the now, I guess is the way I want to word this. Do you feel like you have the same desire? Like you feel like you need love or like people to show that to you? Or... Oh, very much so. Okay.
1: Very, Absolutely. very much so. It's something. I'm actually so. Trauma shows up in relationships, Mm. and I am in a very serious long-term relationship. I have a ring on my finger. Okay. (laughs) Um, Audio-only
0: podcast, but she has a ring on her finger.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do. Um, So, and it's one of the things I've noticed the most is that I, um, I, like, need attention, like, so badly, and to be told, like, I'll constantly ask my partner, I'll ask her, like, do you, you know, do you still, do you still love me? Gotcha. Um, cause it's just a huge fear of mine that people are just gonna like abandon me or not show me love in the way that I really need to be shown love. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting.
0: Do you think that will ever change?
1: No, no, I don't think so.
0: Well, why not? Just cause it's from an early age.
1: Well, I think... I think everybody has a really strong and deeply rooted need for like love in a way that's not I don't know in a way that's like complete acceptance and understanding of the person that you are Mm -hmm. and saying like you know I see you Mm -hmm. I have always wanted my whole life to be like seen by somebody Mm -hmm. and that is so I think that's like a human trait I don't think that people I think that some people might not see that in themselves. A Mm -hmm. lot of people aren't quite as self-aware, introspective as I tend to be, so a lot of people don't think about that kind of thing. Um, But, yeah, I think that's a human trait, and I don't think I'll lose that. I think it's something that you crave as a baby, right? Mm -hmm. You say, like, you cry. You need attention. You need food. You need to be held by your parents. And Mm -hmm. that's something that just continues the older you get. It's just different people replacing that affection
0: that's interesting you know there's a show oh actually i know i, I shouldn't sure you a show there's a show called bojack horseman
1: yes i've, I've seen it right
0: <laughs> i i like was going to see it and then i remember i at our old workplace i would literally play episodes of it like over the speaker i know
1: yeah <laughs> there's a
0: great episode where his um his mother passes and she's like 80 and yeah. at the funeral and she's like he says something that's like you know i never in my whole life knew what this woman wanted. But she probably wanted what everyone wants, which is just to be seen by one other person.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I feel like troubling thought. Well, troubling, but also it's something that I feel like it's something to look for, right? If you mm-hmm. meet somebody and they make you feel seen and listened to and heard and understood, like fucking hold on to that. That's that is so important. I feel like that's such a it's such a good thing to have. In, in life where it's so difficult to feel like you know because a lot of the only person who perceives who you really are is yourself right everyone else has a different perception of you you are different in everyone else's minds so you know it's kind of important to have somebody who at least has an understanding of the person that you feel you are on the inside
0: yeah so, so <laughs> We're recording all these episodes, right, about the Enneagram test. So we're doing a series of them. Oh, where are we you? We talk about people. And we weren't going to discuss our oh, own Enneagram tests. But mm. what you just said reminded me of mine. I won't say what mine mine is. I think I told you off air mine <laughs> you is, did, yeah. I looked up mine. There's a website that tells you yours in relationships.
1: Mm.
0: Romantic relationships. only the romantic relationships. And the whole thing about, you know, wanting to be seen by somebody. Well, the thing about mine is that they are so boundary-setting and isolated in their head that when they feel like they finally know someone, Mm -hmm. if they... Like, they say, stop knowing them, so break up, you know, whatever it might be. They feel they will never know anyone again in their life. And it's crazy how strong that idea is.
1: I feel like that a lot of the time.
0: That you'll never know anyone again?
1: I feel like... If my current relationship were to end, I feel like I would like build walls up around myself in a huge manner. Like it would be it would be a long time before I felt comfortable even letting somebody know me in that way because I'm I'm experiencing a level of emotional vulnerability that I've never Mm -hmm. let somebody see in me before because I tend to be somebody that's I like to portray myself to people as someone who's generally, like, strong in a way, and Mm. doesn't, like, shows emotion, but is, you know, not, 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 not emotional. No, not the crier, not the, not the angry person, just the.
0: So are, is that a facade? Do you, like, are you someone who cries a lot?
1: Recently, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, And I am. Like, on the inside, I am a very angry person.
0: Because of the past?
1: Just because of everything. Everything pisses me off. I'm angry all the time. Yeah.
0: So you said if it were to go wrong, you feel like you would build up walls. So... Yeah. How, are you 22?
1: I know. I turned 21 in... What's the date? Is it the 14th today? Yeah. I turned 21 in, like, two weeks.
0: Okay. Yeah. So... Okay, so 20. So... Here's my here's my opinion. <laughs> so the brain right. stops go, stops growing at twenty six. Yes. I think people stop changing at like twenty eight, twenty nine.
1: Huge disagree.
0: You think they continue to change in life? Wait, so older or younger? Like what is your
1: I think that, um well, okay, so, <laughs> so Unpack I it think, for <laughs> Alright, so I feel like people are people feel like they're removed from their natural selves Mm -hmm. right like we are a part of the earth just like the trees and the animals Mm -hmm. if you look at a tree a tree is constantly a change is the only thing a tree knows right Mm -hmm. just like that I feel like humans are often averse to change because change is scary it's uncomfortable and uncomfortable things are things that especially in The year that we live in and the way that society has progressed, I feel like change is given to us as something that's, you know, or uncomfortableness is given to us as something that's, you know, we don't seek that out. That's not good. Mm -hmm. Right. Comfortable is where we like to be, no matter what that is. And um, so whether or not a person acknowledges it, I do think that there is constant change until the time you die.
0: Then the person constantly changes until they die. Yeah,
1: I mean, there are general... There are things about a person that stay the same, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there are things about you that are always going to be you. But I feel like... There are so many... You know, your opinions can change. Your mindset can change. Your perception can change. Your... You know, the way you perceive life and the people around you can, can change, I think, constantly. And I think... That's one of the most important things about being alive is if once you stop changing and learning and growing, then there is literally no point in continuing to be alive because you've stopped, you know, becoming the person that you can be, right? Mm -hmm. You've just, you've hit a wall.
0: So you said there are things that never change about a person. Do you think those are subconscious? Because you said um, Hmm. earlier the whole like um trauma thing and like feeling yeah. like you be loved or is that a subconscious thing then or like almost an instinctual thing
1: i think it's probably both i think there are like there are things that don't change about a person like personality mm-hmm. right like those are things that kind of stick with somebody um when i was taking care of uh the elderly in an old age home. Yeah. You know, people have, even if they have dementia, or Alzheimer's, or Parkinson's, or a combination of the three, um, they still hold on to a certain sense of self, a certain sense of personality. Things will come up from their lives that they only remember in bits. Um, you know, they'll tell jokes. And that's, it's just, people, I feel like, hold on to their general personalities, the things that, hurt them a lot of people I feel like even if they aren't the type to hold on to I can't what's the what's the word I'm thinking of it's like when somebody does a a a bad thing to you and you're like upset about it
0: like bitterness like yeah yeah that's (laughs) a good
1: word bitterness I feel like people hold on to stuff like that but yeah I feel like there's a lot of things about you that that stay with you till the end of your life Hmm. interesting Fear, also.
0: I fear? Think.
1: Yeah. Of what? I feel like it's different for everybody. Like, so my I... my fear is not your fear.
0: Interesting. So, it's a fear of things in life, then?
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: You know, I saw, there's this movie, right? Yeah. Just let me, <laughs> me, me paint a picture for you. This movie called About Time
1: about time yeah okay
0: and in it this guy finds out on his i think it's his 21st birthday that he can go back in time but only to something he has experienced
1: oh that would be the worst
0: <laughs> right so it's like only something that you've seen yourself that you experience like with your like own eyes right and you you can never forget the way like it really happened like, it's not like you're changing the past you are just creating a new future basically.
1: Mm.
0: And it like deeply troubles him because he realizes there are certain things in life that like you can change about other people, but you can never change about how you are with other people. Mm. So an example is that the whole reason he uses the in the first place is, um, you know, you know, Margot Robbie, I think she's like Harley, uh, she plays Harley Quinn. In the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's in the movie and he's like, Thinks she's, like, the most beautiful girl or whatever. And so he keeps going back in time, like, ten minutes, whenever he, like, messes up a conversation or messes up a moment to, like, impress her or whatever. And so he gets to the end of three months, and she's moving away, and he's like, yeah, and he's done everything perfect in his mind because he's gone back in time hundreds of times. And he's like, yeah, I'm really into you. And she's like, what? Like, get the fuck out. Like, absolutely not. (laughs) And so he's like, oh, things really don't. Change because you want them to. So later in the movie, like years later in the movie, she sees him at a musical, and she immediately is super into him. And now he's found someone else. Right. So the idea is that even if you change, that things never change in the time that you want them to. Basically. No,
1: I don't think. I don't. You don't. You don't have control over that as much as it say in the premise of that movie, right? Yeah. Theoretically, you have control over certain small things, mm-hmm. but of course things never change in the way you want them to. You don't get to, you know, you're not, you don't get to move around people and their feelings and emotions and reactions.
0: So do you think that there's a possibility that one day you will change and not, you know, feel angry or something, but it will be be because of a reason that's like not the way you want it to, like it won't be resolution it won't be, I found this happiness, this thing. It'll be an even more upsetting thing. Or it'll just be, like, not the way you envisioned it.
1: Um, I feel like, like with most things, I feel like there's, you know, a possibility. But at the same time, I have been angry my whole life. I have, I like, inner rage.
0: <laughs> I see. Yeah. That's right So then it is it is more of a subconscious thing and... I think so. Individual thing. See, what's what's interesting about that is, you know, we talk about people talking about each other, like, at a funeral or whatever. It's funny how many people... Let me put it this way. There's a quote from Aristotle. Right. And it's, the only person that will remember you correctly at your funeral is you. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: At your funeral, the people that talk about you... Like, did they ever really know you? Because, like, you telling me this, like, do you have tons of rage? I've literally never seen you angry in my life. Like, I've never seen I you I like
1: make that. it so that nobody ever sees me that way.
0: That's what I mean. So say I, you yeah. had, like, a, like, you know, a funeral, whatever. Say you were to fake your death, right? People come to your funeral, and you're like, oh, they're going to talk about how angry I was in life. And no, nobody would, just would be ever be like, say that about me. That's what I mean. People are like, Mikey, the nicest person I <laughs> ever met.
1: <laughs> I would, okay, so I feel like a part of me, if that were to happen, right, if I were to, in some way see my own funeral happening um, from perhaps whatever afterlife or if I were in some case to fake my own death right. <laughs> um, and like was disguised at my funeral or something um, I feel like I'd be pissed off I'd be like none of these people had the foresight to see the type of person that I am because if you were to ask my family if you were to ask them, is Mikey an angry person? They'd be like, yeah. Whew, big time.
0: Really?
1: Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's like people... I so rarely let people in to see like the person that like I am. Mm-hmm. That like, Of course you don't know that I'm an angry person. I have never let you know that. I would never let you know that. Except for like right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I would never... I, I make it so that people don't see like the person that I am, I've had experiences like in my childhood where I, you know, showed extreme anger mm-hmm. and I didn't get a positive response from the people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a pretty, you know, perceptive kid mm-hmm. and I realized, you know what, this isn't getting a positive response. It may be letting out a lot of my emotions, but nobody likes it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of taught myself whether it's, showing sadness, showing anger, um, uh, extreme levels of happiness, whatever, you know, it would rarely get a positive reaction. So I rarely show those extreme levels of emotion to people that are, you know, just kind of in my life.
0: And why are you, um, why is the deciding factor a positive reaction from someone else?
1: Well, so I told you before, uh, as a kid, I craved attention and love, Mm -hmm. right? Part of that includes having positive reactions, Mm -hmm. right? General, whether it's a positive reaction of, you know, you're angry or you're sad and I understand you Mm -hmm. or you're angry and you're sad and that's okay. It was the reactions from the people around me were you're angry and you're sad and I don't want to hear about it and -hmm. that's not okay and I don't care. (laughs) And so I kind of was like, all right, so this is something that's not going to get me anywhere in life. Mm -hmm. So I kind of made a decision subconsciously, I think, um, to just not allow people to see that part of me because I assumed that it would not lead to positive things, whether it was understanding or acceptance. Mm.
0: Interesting. do you think if as a kid you had received more attention, mm. you would still feel the same way? No, you absolutely like not.
1: Have... I feel like I would, I would, I would feel much differently about it. I feel like I would feel a little bit more um, okay with expressing emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it. W- I think I would be a much different person. My so my little siblings they still live at my parents house they're you know 15 and 16 and basically so i was the the fuck up kid of my family are you the oldest i'm the second oldest but my older brother is i don't i don't even want to get in he's a complicated creature like most of us are but anyway i was kind of the kid that always had i took on the responsibility that my parents gave me i was always babysitting the younger kids um, I grew up way faster and I fucked up. Like I, 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 showed my parents that they didn't do a good job. I ended up in the hospital. It's a long story. I'm not going right. to tell it anyway. And they also like found out that I was gay at the same time. And I, they also found out that I didn't believe in God at the same time. So it was like this whole big thing. And they're like, Oh my God, what we're doing isn't working. Mm. And so with my little siblings, they're much more not hands off, but they're much more Like, yeah, express yourself. Do what you want. Like, you feel that way? I understand you. Are you sad? Let's get you therapy or whatever. And, like, I can see that there's so much... They feel so much more freedom Mm -hmm. in... um, Even just at the young age that they're at, I feel like they feel so much more freedom in just expression. And Mm -hmm. it's something that I feel like I didn't have access to.
0: That's that's the thing they always say. You know, the youngest child is the... Mm -hmm. The perfect version because it's the one where the the parents have now messed up every other version.
1: Well, no, they're so they fun they they've swung so far to the other end of the spectrum that they're fucking up equally as bad. And now my fifteen year old brother has done acid mm. and smokes weed every day, which is something that like I don't feel like is a good idea for him. He is at fifteen. Yeah, he's got major Classic. anxiety and ADHD. It's just kind of you know, there's just this- freaks me the hell out.
0: There's a story in the, in the Christian Bible of like this, Jose it's Joseph in the coat, like yeah, the code.
1: yeah. I grew up very. I'm so you know he's like the twelve I, brothers. Yeah. I think
0: it's twelve brothers. However many brothers he has, like way too many brothers, and he's the last one that they gave birth, like birth to. He's yeah. the youngest one.
1: Mm-hmm. And the favorite.
0: And the well, that's the thing. It's like the other ones grew up just upset because the parents were probably doing a bad. Job, yeah, like the first 13 times or whatever, and then there's uh, Joseph, you know, which is like he's the one that's nicer, and they've not messed up that time, and that's what creates like the tension. Is the brothers like, yo, my childhood was bad, why is Joseph like,
1: I don't know, well, yeah, exactly. What happened was they were the parents were like, oh, this is, I can't remember exactly the story, I, I went over it so many times as a kid, but. I think what happened was he was the last one born, and they were like, "Wow, we re- this one, we really love this one." This
0: is the guy. Yeah, this is
1: this is the one, and I think it was like something about maybe like God gave him them the the son or something happened, and like they gave him this coat of many colors, right? Mm-hmm. And his brothers were like, "What the fuck?" Right. They were like, "This kid gets everything," and so then they tried to kill him, and they sold him to the Egyptians
0: classic yeah when he was like a slave
1: for a while and you know as an older sibling like that's mildly relatable not the selling your little right slave but
0: (laughs) to clarify for legal reasons yeah like just letting everyone know
1: uh but you know the just the feeling of like wow this is shit's unfair Mm -hmm. it doesn't like it doesn't feel right Cause I struggled so much and like, not that I want them to struggle cause I love them, Right. but I struggled so much right. and it's just, it feels shitty. Mm. Yeah.
0: I see. Mike, we've gone 30 minutes already. Oh, have we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on. This was like very profound. Thank you. Um, Glad you're on. Uh, we will probably have you on again as if the anagram test.
1: But yeah, I would. I would love to.
0: So <laughs> we will catch y'all next time.